0: you're listening to the paradox church podcast paradox church is a jesus-centered community where our motto is come as you are no perfect people allowed for more information about our service times location and to get connected with us please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com we hope you enjoy this message
1: Like Michael said, my name is Dave Kubiak, or Scooby Snacks, whatever you prefer, uh, here today, and we're in an awesome series. Uh, I've been loving this. Like, it's just bringing... Man, when we sing, God, give me faith, like, it is, it's so cool the way that God answers that and he starts giving you, like, these dreams, this vision for more in your life. And that's exactly what God has been doing for me, and I know so many of you as we've been looking to God and going, God, what do you, what do you have for me, for our family, for our church, and for the Warren area and beyond in 2020 and beyond then? And so last, a couple weeks ago, uh, we had an amazing conference right here at Paradox called World Mandate, where we got together with churches from all over our area and just started saying, man, what would it look like for us to dream again And then last week, or two weeks ago, I'm sorry, um, we heard from our pastors, me, Mike, Greg, uh, as we got up and we said, hey, what if, what if we as a church started going to God and not just going through the task, the routine, the busyness of life, but started going, man, God, what do you have for me? What do you have for us? What if we started asking that question again? What if in our lives And then uh, last week, finally, we're there. I keep wanting to say it, but finally we're at two. last week. We took a look at the early church, which is God's vehicle for accomplishing his dreams on earth. This is the, it's, it's his plan A, his purpose is to establish this community of people, a family that's on mission together doing his, his will, his purposes here on earth. That's how his dreams get accomplished. And we defined what God's dreams look like because we all have dreams, right? But many times we, we look at them and we go, you know what, this is my dream, but if God is, is, there's power in that, and there's goodness in his dreams, how do I know what his dreams look like? So if you missed any of those weeks, you can go back, you can watch online, uh, you can catch up because this is one of those definitive moments, those definitive series for us as a church and maybe even for you in your life. As we say, what if I started to exchange my dreams for God and get for God's and invited God to dream his dreams through us um, One of my 2020 dreams started to come true. Uh, Yesterday, I'm still dealing with the leg and thigh issues that have come out of it, but I ran in the Punchki Run yesterday. Dream, yeah. The running was the nightmare part, all right? The dream was everything that came after that, you know? They don't call it Punchki Run for nothing, all right? There's just like... There's like tables and tables. Uh, it's just like, oh my gosh, fields laid out for you. Um, it's the sweetness in my mind. That's what the when you get to heaven and there's this buffet line. Right, it's just, it's just a buffet of apple and raspberry and strawberry punchki everywhere. All right, <laughs> but we go through. We do the Punchki run um, a little a little slower than I would have liked. I will admit, um, but we're going through this whole thing and man. Uh, it starts getting hard, you know? Uh, well, it starts getting hard. It starts getting hard the moment you start. Where, right? You're like, oh, my gosh. You cross the, the, that starting line, and you're like, why? Why did I do this? I will admit, there's, there's, I have heard a story. I won't, I'll let them. Uh, this person reveal themselves. But I've heard a story of someone here at Paradox uh, that signed up for a 5K race at one time, and then the moment the race started, turned around and went to Bob Evans, instead. And I've got to admit, I was inspired by that. I was. Like, the moment it starts, they're starting to put all this stuff out, and I'm like, I could just turn right back around right now and get it. But um, this this is something me and Gwen said, like, if you were at our marriage conference uh, in December, there's this idea of like a joint accomplishment where like they can actually bring you closer together with people if you're going after something together, uh, and it's true. Like if you have a mission, some of your greatest relationships will form around that, and so me and Gwen's mission in, in 2020, one of them anyway, is to run these three 5Ks, and so we're feeling joint accomplished today uh, and sore, joint accomplished and sore in many different ways, but... Here's the thing, right, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, I'm looking for, you, you look for the mile markers and I'm not seeing them, I don't know, they hide them on you or something just to keep, and people keep like dinging cowbells at you. I don't, is that motivating for anyone? Is it maybe just irritating so you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get out of here because that person is dinging a cowbell at me. Um, but none of that motivated me to keep going until you get to this final, this final turn, right, and, and you turn, and then the, there's the finish line. And this was brilliant. This was absolutely brilliant. They've got someone stationed right there at that corner going, Quick, they're almost out of poonskis! <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I tell you, like, I was dragging before then. and I was like, What? And so I started racing towards the finish line in that moment. And those are the easy steps to take, right? When, when the end is in, in, in view, and you can just smell all of the smells and everything, But some of the steps are a lot harder to take, right? Especially some of those early ones where you know, like, you've just got going. The end isn't anywhere in sight. You don't know if you're going to need one of these Red Cross people riding on a bike or something like that, you know? But what I know is true is this, is that every great adventure starts with a step. And some of those steps are harder to take than others, especially the first ones especially the ones at the beginning. And I think of many different examples throughout the course of my own life, but also in inspirational places like Shark Tank. I love to watch Shark Tank, and I always love this because people are coming in with a dream, right? And they're at the early stages. Sometimes they're too early for the sharks to jump in and and bite on, Uh, but other times you'll you'll get these little pieces of wisdoms like Mark Mark Cubes, kind of like a Cubes. I, I try to make myself related to him, by saying like, Kubiak, Cuban, we're both cubes. We're from the cube lineage, I think. So I've got Cuban in me. Um, <laughs> dreams, right? But I think about Mark Cuban, and anytime somebody comes in with a dream, he's saying something like, hey, you got to get out there. You got to pound the pavement, right? That's I love, like, it's easy for us to look at this dude that's living the dream and think that maybe it was easy for him, right? Well, it's easy to make money once you got money, but he'll always bring up, like, no, there was a time in his life where he was out there. He was hitting it hard. He's pounding the pavement. He's doing the work. And that's what he encourages everybody with a dream to do. I spent a whole, a a big chunk of my ministry at Kensington. Love those guys over there at Kensington. Uh, And I'm so inspired by the leadership there, even. Uh, There's this story of Steve Andrews, who started Kensington, which now, I mean, is just, man, campuses everywhere, Uh, you know, tons and tons of people, like lives being changed. So cool. They're starting churches. But it all started with Steve Andrews, who went out, and he'll tell you this story, and knocked on thousands of doors, personally. I'm a true crime junkie. I love watching the, th- like, everybody wants to get, like, the, the, the case solved, like, that's the dream. But I, man, it's just so inspiring to me to see the story behind the cases being solved, because behind every solved case, behind the big crack, is always some dude that had to jump in a dumpster, you know? And do the police work. Behind every dream, there's a whole lot of really hard, really dirty, sometimes painful little steps that actually made up the journey and got people to where they are. Every dream starts with a step. And some of those early ones, like we said, those, are the, those can be the hardest. Those can be the scariest. Those can be the ones where, where there's the most resistance but those are also the steps with the most riding on them that are the most important ones. Whether in your life it was asking out the person that is your absolute dream girl or dude or something, you know, like, man, do you remember that? Do you remember being in middle school, high school, or college, whenever you met that person, right, and you want to ask them out, but the fear that floods into your heart about what if they say no, what if, what if they look at you and laugh, right? That first step though is so important. Maybe you're starting a business or you've started a business and you've got this dream for everything you wanna do. You wanna have security, you wanna be able to provide for your kids, you wanna make a difference, but you're at these beginning stages where you're filing paperwork that you don't understand, where you're pounding the pavement, where you're trying to get the word out and you've got like one customer and it's hard. Maybe it's getting out of debt for you like we've been talking about up here where you've got this mountain ahead of you, that you want to climb, and it's like this dream that almost feels impossible. And right now, it's like, I don't know if I want to take that one step to do an FPU class or start to look at this scary thing called a budget or something and start doing the work to climb out of this hole that you feel like you're in. Could be going on a mission trip or doing something that's outside of your comfort zone, right? I remember a time when when we were right there. We we felt like we we wanted to go to Tijuana and that maybe we should take our five-year-old at the time. That was not my idea, okay? As as a dad, nobody's like, you know what I think I should do with my five-year-old? Take her to Tijuana. So that was easy. I was like, all right, there's only three voices this can be, me, Satan, or God. It ain't me. I don't think it's Satan. You know, it's like, you should go preach the gospel. (laughs) It's not, no, it's not really how it works. So... (laughs) We said it was God, but it was, it was hard. It was hard to take those first steps because there's so, it seems like there's so much at stake. It can be scary, especially when we don't know what's on the other side or what's going to happen. Maybe it's stepping out of addiction into freedom for you. And those first steps, coming to terms with things, sharing people, inviting others into that journey, checking yourself into re- whatever that is, right? Those can be the hard steps, but those can be the most important steps because every dream starts with a step. And our dreams, God's dreams never become real until they start being lived out. It's what we call living the dream, right? Maybe you've heard that phrase before, and we almost, we we throw it around like kind of haphazardly, like, like it's, you know, living the dream. Like none of us actually believe that we could be living the dream. Sometimes even when things are worse, like that's when we most use the phrase, living the dream. But I want to challenge that today and say that not only are dreams possible, they can be achieved, they can be realized, but it takes us living the dream in order to live the dream. Dreams will never become real until they start to be lived out. I wonder what adventures we miss out on. I wonder what stories remain unwritten, what happy endings never get seen because they never get started in the first place. Dreams never become real until they're lived out. Dreams stay dreams until we take a step. There's, there's several scriptures that are inspiring to me as we look at this. One of them is in Philippians 3, verse 12 to 14, and it says, Not that I have already obtained all of this, or I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on, and I take hold of that for which Jesus Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Leaving behind what's behind, pressing on towards ahead, focused on the prize, focused on where we're going. Paradox, it may be time for you. It may be time for us to look towards what's ahead to press on towards the prize, to work towards the goal. It won't come easy. Dreams stay dreams, though, until they're lived out. And the difference between a dream and reality is action, intentionality. The difference is taking a step. Liz, our creative arts director, worship leader up here, posted something that I, I just loved this week. She said, if the end result is worth the sacrifice, then sacrifice for the end result, the two are, are, are inextricably linked. You don't get to the end result without the sacrifice, and if it's worth it, then we're going to have to sacrifice for the end result. First Corinthians nine twenty-three. Paul says something similar. He says, "I do all of this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings." Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Paul's saying that everybody's going after something. Some things are better than others, but no matter what it is you're going after, it takes work, it takes training. You have to run to actually get there, you have to do the work, you have to take the steps. And one thing that I, I just realized this morning as I was reading these, this, these words, I love how God does that, right? He can take something that you've read a million times and speak something new and fresh into it. But this, I do this all for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Especially, a series like this, when we talk about dreams, can start to feel a little bit self-serving, You know? I don't want to stand up here and be like, hey, guys, it's all about paradox. It's all about our dreams. We want you to help us do what we're... No, no, no. Listen to what Paul says. I do this all for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. What we do here is not about us. It's not about the name paradox. It's not about our dreams and our goals or growing a bigger church. We do this all for the sake of the gospel. We're about life change. We want to see Jesus And people meeting him and coming into a relationship with him, and their lives being changed because of it, and stepping into his dreams for their lives. We do this all for the sake of the gospel, and here's the second part of that sentence, that I may get to share in its blessings. One of the things that I really thought about in this series is, I don't want to stand up here and only talk about paradoxes dreams, when I know that there are dreams that God is putting on your heart for your life. So which one is it, right? Am I talking about paradoxes dreams or am I talking about the dreams that God has for you? And what this verse shows me is that those two things meet beautifully. There's an intersection there where as we say, I'm about the gospel and I am, I, I am about this church and the mission that God has us on together, as we do that, as we say, no, we, we do this for the sake of the gospel, we actually end up finding our, our, our dreams, realizing our dreams in underneath the umbrella of a bigger dream, a larger dream. What God is doing in the world, he's calling the church to participate in so that the church can participate in its blessings. And what God is calling the church paradox to is calling to, to for the sake of the world, but also so that you can participate and receive a share of those blessings. There's something God has for every one of us in a part of a dream that's bigger than any one of us. That's what we're being invited to today. We're being invited to dream God's dreams. We're being invited to participate in what God is calling paradox to. And in the process of that, God's saying, boy, do I have something for you. I've I've got things beyond your wildest dreams. But we have to train. We have to work. We have to live it out. We have to take steps. And I want to go to one of my absolute favorite Life-defining scriptures today to share with you. If I ever tell you that any other thing is my favorite, just, just stand up. Just stand up and say, you are a liar, because it's this, all right? You can know that, all right? It's Matthew 14. You can find that in you version Again, uh, if you're following along there, maybe you brought your Bible, uh, you can do that as well, and if not, you can follow along on the screens as well. But in Matthew 14, uh, I'm calling this Three Steps to Living the Dream. There's three steps that every single one of us are going to have to take if we want to live the dream. This is the story of Peter, a man, a regular dude, okay, who does something absolutely historic, who does something that will live on in infamy because no one ever had or ever would do it again. Peter is a guy that walks on water. I know these are hard things to, um, to imagine or believe to be real, but if we take Jesus at his word, if Jesus is who he said he is, then this Bible tells us that we can do far greater things than Jesus ever even did and that these things are available to us in him. Maybe you have dreams that feel impossible. They've never been done. It doesn't mean that it can't happen, especially when Jesus is involved the difference, though, there's, there's 12 guys in this boat, right? 12 dudes that love Jesus, that are following Jesus. So here's one thing I, I want to say. Don't hear me today say that this is about being a Christian, all right? That your faith isn't good enough. No, no, no. There are 12 dudes in the boat, loving Jesus, following him, going to heaven. But there is one that does something truly remarkable, truly, like, like memorable, there's one who lives God's dreams for him by stepping out of the boat. Eleven would stay in it. One would get up and say, I want to take a step to where Jesus is. And he got to do something, see something, experience something that the rest of them didn't. That's what's at stake today. Faith isn't at stake. Salvation, not at stake, all right? You got that. In Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, he died for your sin rose again so that you could be in relationship with him. You're in the boat, all right? This is not a message about getting in the boat or who is in the boat and who's not. This is about getting out, following Jesus, living in, taking steps into his dreams for you and steps into his dreams for us as a church. Matthew 14, picking up in verse 23, says this. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, He was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. I don't think they were listening to Jimmy Buffett. We're going to get into that word in a second. It is boat music, though. It is boat music. (laughs) Dad jokes (laughs) abound, (laughs) all right? Um, During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake they were terrified. It's a ghost they said and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, "Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid." "Lord, if it's you," Peter replied, "tell me to come to you on the water." "Come," he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began beginning to sink. Cried out, "Lord, Save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I just want to rewind a little bit. Let's look at these three steps for living the dream. The first one, take courage. Take courage. Again, Matthew 14, verse 27 puts it this way. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Take courage, right? There are some things that we're going to have to work for. But first, it starts with something inside of us. We can't take a step until we first take courage. There's this thing. In the middle of uncertainty, in the middle of the storm, Jesus speaks to them and he says, it's me. Don't be afraid. It's important before Peter's able to do anything, right? Because sometimes when we talk about this, right, living the dream, taking steps, it's about what are we going to do? You know, first, before we, we do anything, we have to know who we're dealing with, all right? Because that's the game changer. Have you ever noticed that, that what, who someone, wait a minute, who says something is more important than what they say, Right? there's some people you just don't trust. There's some people that, like, they lie, they don't know anything. Like, if, if my four-year-old comes up to you and starts telling you about science, you're probably going to go, wow, that's really cool. But I, I beg you, do not live out her principles, okay? <laughs> don't think about who says things to you, all right? You, you want a scientist or something, right, to tell you about science. Because who says something is More important than what they say. That's the game changer. I want you to know sometimes we talk about Jesus like there's all this blind faith that's required, right? Jesus does not require blind faith. That's good news. I want to say it again Jesus doesn't require blind faith, He doesn't just want your obedience. That's blind faith. When someone you don't know tells you to do something, that is blind faith. You have no idea who they are, if they can be trusted, what's going to happen, completely blind. Jesus isn't after after blind faith. He doesn't want to just bark out orders at you and say, do this, now do this. Now here's another spiritual hoop that you can run. No, no, no. He's saying, hey, it's me. Remember who you're dealing with because if, if that's true, if Jesus is there, that makes all the difference in the world. Now you can take courage. Jesus isn't just after your obedience. He wants your trust. That's why he says, it's me. Trust me. Don't be afraid. Take courage. Peter's first question to God isn't the same as many of ours. It's not tell me what to do. First, it's tell me who you are. Tell me who you are, God. Are you good? Are you faithful? Can you be trusted? Do you provide? Do you speak value and worth? The answer to these things is yes. It's not just about saying, what do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do now? No, tell me who you are. Because that, when you know who God is and who you are, because of that, that will fill you up with courage. And suddenly, the steps won't seem so scary. The steps won't be as hard because you know who your God is. It's bigger than any storm. He's bigger than any problem. He's bigger than any step that you're being asked to take, and he is good, can be trusted. Even the scary, uncomfortable, crazy, non-common-sense things that maybe you feel like God is asking you to do, the steps that He's asking you to take, we can know and trust that those things are good, because the one who's asking us to take them is good. He's good. Tell me who you are, because you'll only obey Jesus if you trust him. You will only obey Jesus if you trust him, and you'll trust him if you know his character, and when you know his character, obedience, doing the things, taking the steps, no matter how hard, is actually the best thing that you can do. I mentioned FPU before, right? It, it's, it's not like, you don't have to be in any certain position to take FPU. When, we, when Gwen and I took it, We were living on one income with children. Things were not easy. We did have debt. It was a sacrifice. And we were looking at more sacrifice because I was looking at quitting my job. Yes, scary steps, right? But that's the step that we knew. Like, God is is in this, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense necessarily, but we want to step into this because we believe that God is good, and he has something for us in it. He has something good for us. I mentioned Tijuana, right? Not only did we go and expose our kids and ourselves to, to what God is doing everywhere in the world, in the nations, but it impacted her in a way. At five years old, this is where Jenna goes off to Tijuana, scared as we were, and experiences God's love and says, I want to be his friend forever. That's not stuff that we can imagine. That's God doing things that are beyond what we can imagine because we said yes to a single step. When we started a church just a few years ago, That is a scary thing. You've been there. If you started a business, tried to start anything, right? You don't know how it's going to go. You're scared to leave your job of raising all this money. because A lot of times dreams cost money, right? The cool thing is, we heard this at World Mandate, when it's God's dream, God foots the bill. But we have to take a step into that to see his provision for it, right? There needs to actually be a bill for God to pay it. We have to risk something. We have to go. All right, we're going to do this. I don't know how, but we're going to step in. God will not be a distant voice barking out orders. He comes to you in the middle of the storm to be with you, to comfort you, to be in relationship with you. And that's why Peter says, "If that's you, because he knows if that's Jesus, that everything is going to be okay." You can almost feel his excitement, guys. It's Jesus. It's you. Take courage. We don't have to be scared anymore can confidently abandon everything that we're holding on to because he's good and he's with us and he's he's in control. When you know him, you trust him. You want to be where he is no matter where that is because the best place to be is where Jesus is. We think that the best place to be in is the comfort of of our boat. No, the best place to be is where Jesus is. Courage, taking courage is not the absence of fear. I've learned that and it's been through taking uncomfortable steps. You will never be in a spot where you don't have fear. Let me let me rephrase that, all right? There is a word for the absence of fear. It's stupid. Okay? You know, stupid people. They have no fear. They're just like, "Guys, let's go. Let's do it. Let's jump." You're like, "You're dumb." Okay? Jesus is not calling you to stupidity. He's saying take courage. It's 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 thought out trust even in the midst of doubt, even in the midst of uncertainty. The step in front of you might be scary. You may be terrified to take it. But it's where, if it's where Jesus is, then it's the best place to be. Point number two, all right? Take a step. First, we have to take courage because Jesus is calling us to do something. The second, we have to take a step. You have to put in the work. You have to do it because when you do, something great happens. Now, just recently, something tragic happened. Uh, I'm not really an NBA fan, uh, but unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard something about the tragedy of Kobe Bryant and his death. Um, And what I've learned over the last few weeks, as just we've been hearing stories and stories about him, is that this is what he was known for, doing something, putting in the work, doing hard things, and in the process, he learned something that I think that we can all be inspired by and learn from. Take a look.
0: I knew then that I had to turn it up. I had to turn it up. So thank you, baby, for being an inspiration to me. And uh, and lastly, our daughters, Natalia, Gianna, and Bianca. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I hope that tonight is not, you know, you guys know that, you know, if you do the work, you work hard enough, dreams come true. You know that, we all know that. But hopefully what you get from tonight is the understanding that um, those times when you get up early and you work hard, those times when you stay up late and you work hard, those times when you don't feel like working, you're too tired, you don't want to push yourself, but you do it anyway, um, that is actually the dream. That's the dream. It's not the destination, it's the journey. And if if you guys can understand that, then what you'll see happen is that you won't accomplish your dreams. Your dreams won't come true. Um, Something greater will. And uh, if you guys can understand that, then I'm doing my job as a father. Thank you guys so much. I love you. And uh, Mamba out.
1: Those are powerful words, right? Do the work those times when you wake up early, those times when you stay up late, those times when you don't feel like doing it. Do the work. Because why? What happens is not that your dreams come true. I love this. Something greater will, right? Something beyond our dreams, God's dreams. Something bigger, more powerful, more amazing. It's amazing what God can do with small steps of faithfulness, of obedience, Picking up in Matthew, Matthew 14, verse 28 and 29. Peter replies, Lord, if it's you, then tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, Jesus says, Come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Sounds simple enough, right? No. (laughs) Like Jesus says, Come. So Peter goes, Okay steps out of the boat takes one simple step simple yes not easy sometimes it seems like jesus just doesn't really get what he's asking of us right like sure jesus you can walk on water but i don't think that you realize that people don't do that you know come just get out of the boat man just take a step simple step yes easy step no Not easy at all. But see, I wonder if we make things complicated, right? We make make things complicated by trying to do what only God can do. And let me explain that, right? Because it seems like Peter is doing what... No, he's not doing God's part. He's not doing what only Jesus can do. Jesus says, take a step. Peter takes a step. Peter's not the one that made himself able to do those things. Jesus is in the business of taking small steps, right, and multiplying them. Like, man, we could only cover this much ground, but some way, somehow, when I took the step, we covered this much ground, and it's amazing. Peter takes a step out of a boat. He's not the one that that turns the the ground underneath him into solid, into something that can be walked on. No, no, he just does exactly what Jesus asks him to do, simply, not complicated, though, (laughs) though not easy, He takes a step and then watches as God does all the rest. Jesus multiplies his faith. He sets our feet on solid ground. The truth is that when we come to Jesus, what we get out is more than what we put in. We take one simple step and then, man, that's blessing. What we see happen is so much more. Honestly, like sometimes people will say to me, I know myself. I know how I spend my days. I know how I feel most of the time. And anytime time someone says to me something like, God used me in their life to do something, I'm like, don't even, you don't know me at all. Like I didn't do anything. I know there's people out, you've had the same experience. You're like, man, all I did was say, you look nice today. And it burst into tears. I don't know. Like we take one small step of obedience and God does something so much more than we can imagine with it. But it's not us that does it. It's God that does it. We don't have to complicate things by going, I don't know how I'm going to change their life. You don't have to change their life. You just have to take a step. I don't know how we're going to accomplish God's dreams for the war in area. We, we don't have to do that. We just have to take a step. It's simple. It's not easy. Fear is always going to hold us back. It's going to keep us from taking the step. But I want to ask, what steps would you take if you had no fear? If fear wasn't an option anymore? I have this simple prayer that that I, I, honestly, I try to pray in my life. It's Jesus, remove my fear. Now show me where you are. Show me what what you're doing. I want to be there. I don't want fear to step in the way of me just simply obeying doing what God is asking me to do because I know there's so much more that he's going to do in that step. The Steps bring us closer to Jesus in whatever area that is, that we have. If you're going to have walk-on-water experiences with God, he's going to be asking you to do some crazy stuff, some things that are going to make you uncomfortable, some things that make you look weird, some things that might get you misunderstood or judged, maybe even by other people that are saying that they're following Jesus, Right? You ever think about what the other 11 dudes in the boat are doing as Peter's getting out of the boat? Like, in my mind, they're not just sitting there going, look at Peter. Oh, wow. Right? There's probably other Christians in the story that are going, what are you doing, dude? You're taking this Jesus thing a little bit far. You know? Peter's not listening to them. Like, that, that, sounds, that sounds crazy too, right? Sometimes... Sometimes you don't listen to the voice of reason. Does God sometimes put people in your life to to help you, to give clarity? Yes. Those voices are are going to help you say, where is Jesus in this? Step towards him. They're not going to say, don't go there. Don't go where Jesus is. Sometimes even the people that we trust, like the other voices, the voice of common sense, the voice of reason, if it holds us back from being where Jesus is, it's not the voice of God. We want to take a step out of that if we want to have these walk-on-water experiences, if we want to live the dream, because no one walks on water with their butt in a seat. Nobody's going to walk on water with their butt in a seat. Dreams stay dreams until we take a step. We have to do it. If you wait for certainty, I, I can guarantee you, you will never get out of the boat. You will never take a step, because certainty will never, ever arrive. You will miss the moments that could change your life, that could change someone else's life, you will miss the point of a relationship with God. There's an author that that I used to read a ton of, I love, Brian McLaren says that faith, this is his definition of faith, is a state of relative certainty. I love that. Faith is a state of relative certainty sufficient to produce action. Relative certainty, sufficient to produce action. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to know how it's going to turn out. All you have to know is that Jesus is asking you to do it. And you're pretty sure that that's a good thing. So you're going to do, it's enough to go, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the step. There's something on your seat when you walked in today. I want to invite you to pull this out right now. Because uh, there are certain steps that we're hoping that we all will take in 2020, as part of Paradox Church, um, as part of our dreams series and this dreams campaign. It's called the 5G Challenge, all right? And I I just want to speak into this a little bit because here's, here's our hope. We have prayerfully identified five areas of connection that we feel like if every single person in Paradox Church took one step, we're not saying it's an easy step, but it is a simple step. If they took one step in each one of these five areas, man, what would God be able to do in us? What would God be able to do through us? What kind of dream would become reality in our lives, in our families, in our church? And so if you open it up this, this entire way, I know that you're all reading diligently now. Um, but right here, I just want to kind of go over some of these. There's these five connection zones, I'll call them. God, gathering, growth, giving, going. Here's the challenge, simply, directly. What if, in 2020, you looked over these and said, God, would you show me the one simple step you have for me to take in each one of these areas? So if it's God, right? Maybe you're here just checking things out, all right? We're not saying you have to do this today, but what if you committed yourself to taking this step, uh, the first one, saying, man, I I just want to have, God, I want to have a relationship with you. I don't right now. I've got doubts. I've got fears. I've never done this before, but I want to have a relationship with you. and I'm committed to taking that step and doing whatever it takes to get there in this year. Maybe you've already done that, though, and there's baptism or spending regular time with God. Or then even a step could be, you know what, I'm going to start to pray and worship with other people. I'm going to pray for others. I'm going to pray with others, right? God can do something in these steps. Here's something. Just as I go over some of these things, I want you to keep in mind, number one, this is not a spiritual hierarchy list where the people on one end are the most spiritual and most holy. No, that's not how it works, all right? The other thing is that this is not a linear list necessarily. It's not like you have to do this or, or, or that before you can do any of these things. We just tried to identify some likely steps, all right? You're probably having a relationship with God before you're getting baptized. That seems likely, to us, all right. So as you look over this, maybe maybe you're identifying, you know what, I, I think I'm here and I want to get here. It doesn't have to go in any particular order. But identify the step that you want to take here. Gathering, right? I, we love live streaming here. It's great. It's awesome technology. But what if you consistently streamed but you said, you know what, I'm going to start trying to come here. I'm going to be here live. That can be your step in 2020. Or maybe you already do that and you would say, I want to come here regularly. More times than not. Normally, you know what normal means, is that it happens normally. <laughs> to not happen would be the exception, not the rule. Or maybe you're already doing that, and your step would be getting involved or inviting other people to come with you. Growth, right? Maybe you've been coming here, you're you're attending, but now is the, now is the year, right? To say I'm gonna I'm gonna take a class like FPU or be the bridge or something. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step and get involved in a small group uh, that's ongoing. I want somebody to disciple me or I'm going to disciple someone else or maybe in September I'm going to take a step and do this thing called training camp that we've been talking about. Greg mentioned it uh, just a couple weeks ago. These are all steps that you could take. Giving, this is another one of those big scary areas that we don't talk about a whole lot and I'm going to talk a little bit more about in depth next week, all right? You've been warned, but it's coming. God's got some good stuff for us in that giving. What if instead of occasionally giving, right, just kind of when I'm here, whatever I've got, you said, I'm going to make it regular. I'm going to make giving regularly something that I'm going to go after in 2020, meaning I'm going to set aside $5 weekly. I'll set it up online so I don't even have to think about it. But then maybe you started doing that and you would go, all right, there's a percentage. You know, Uh, so instead of $5, I'm going to do 1%. That's my step. 1% of everything I make, it's going to go back to God and God's dreams first, Maybe you start doing that, and now you're gonna become sacrificial. And I say, I use that word because now there's, I, I came to a point, right, where I grew up. I, I grew up given 10% of what I made, but I actually came to a point where it was like, all right, in order to do certain things, like this has just become comfortable, and I wanna be sacrificial. It, it has to start costing you something, right? It's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. So maybe you're, you're comfortable at one at one place, but God is inviting you into something more and saying, what if? That's the thing, honestly, me and Gwen are going to be praying about, all right, God, we, we've been tithing for a long time, but is, is there something more that you're asking us to sacrifice? 11%, 12%, 50%, I don't know. God, what would you ask of us? Because we want to be obedient in that step. And that's where you start to get into generosity, right? It's, generosity is not about the amount. We think that you have to have a certain amount to be generous, you don't. It's just the posture of the heart where we say, you know, I mean, Jesus, Jesus looked at a woman who gave almost nothing and said she gave the most out of everybody. Why? Because the posture of her heart was to give out of her little, not out of her much. And then going, right? Social media. I just want to speak about this one really quickly. It could be a step for people to engage with us on social media. I know that sometimes we don't necessarily think about this but one of the most helpful things that you can do to bring the message of Jesus into your sphere of influence could actually be to very simply commit to liking, commenting, sharing some of the things that, we've, that we're have that we putting out there as a church. That can be a step for people, but maybe it's beyond that. You're, you're saying, I'm gonna go on a, a free outreach. That's a, that would be an event. Or a trip like, like the DC trip or Costa Rica or Haiti. Uh, personal sharing, that's going, all right, you know what? I'm I'm gonna share with somebody in my life what God has done for me, my story. Jesus, leading something, starting something. You're doing all these things. Maybe it's time. God is calling you to lead a ministry, start a group or to go on a long-term mission or even start a church. Like, I don't know. I don't wanna, the dreams are limited, right? But where is your step? I just wanna give us all a couple minutes to look over this together. If you have questions, Come and find me talk to you know send us an email we'd love to answer those questions for you but in this time i want to just invite you challenge you to go to jesus say jesus where are you what step are you calling me to take in the year 2020 trust him in that area i don't want to take too much away from these moments and i want to invite you to just stay in them as we head into our, our closing worship time maybe Listen, if you wanna stand and join us, that's great, but maybe you just wanna sit there and continue to pray over these things. You're gonna be able to take these with you. And I would, I would encourage you even, even if you feel like you know what your step is, throughout the course of the next week or so, keep on going back to Jesus, going, all right, is, is that where you are? Is that where you're leading me? Is that the step that you have for me to take? Take these pamphlets with you, put it in your Bible, put it somewhere that you're gonna, you're gonna see it. Pray over it on a daily basis. Jesus, would you just show me the step that you're saying, where, where you're saying, come, take a step out of the boat, out of your comfort, into something that I have for you in each one of these areas. But I want to speak specifically to, to, I know in a room this size that there are some of us that feel like we're not sitting in the comfort of our boat, just waiting to take a step. Maybe you're the one that feels like you've taken a step and you're you're treading water, you know? You're drowning in the cares of life. Things Things don't, Things don't just seem a little scary. Things seem hopeless. You're going down. You need help. You need Jesus. This is the, the third thing is we, we all get to a place, especially in those moments where we've taken a step, where we need to now take his hand. We need to cry out again and say, God, I need you. The scripture is full, full of people that are crying out to God going, where are you? I need you. Would you show up now? The thing about this is we, a lot of times we think that we, when we take a step, this is what prosperity gospel preachers like will promise you. If you take a step, then God's going to bless that. Your life's going to be great. It's going to go wonderful. Listen, I, I don't know. I, here's what I know happened for Peter in Matthew 14, 30 to 31. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink He cries out, Lord, save me. And look at what Jesus does. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, saying, You have little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? When I read this, I I get taken back to a time I was in Florida. Oh, wonderful. I was in Florida, I was a little kid at the ocean for one of the first times I can remember with my parents. And like the ocean is big and exciting and, and great. And I'm I'm riding the waves. But the ocean's powerful too. And it can be scary. And I remember getting knocked over by this wave. And it's like one of those moments where time just starts to like stand still. And and I felt powerless. I felt out of control. I felt absolutely helpless. And for some reason, it's making me even emotional. Like, think about it. Like, I don't know what I would have done or where I would have gone had my, my big, powerful daddy not reached down and grabbed me. And that's what Jesus wants to do for so many of us in this room today. Is you may be buffeted. You know what buffeted means? It's just beaten up. The wind is flowing, it's just rushing against you. You feel like you can't make any progress, right? You know who's doing just fine in this story? Jesus. Your answer is not in the boat. It's not in going back. It's not taking, you know, I wish I never would have taken this step. It's, it's, continuing to press on and going, Lord, save me. I'm helpless. I'm powerless. I need you to show up in this. I'm not going to stop being faithful, even when it's difficult. I'm not going to stop going towards you, even when it gets hard and scary. I just need you to pull me up out of this helpless situation where I feel powerless and bring me closer to you. And he will. I promise you, in these few moments, I would encourage you to get with him, cry out to him, or if you need, come forward. We would love to pray that with you because we have a God who is close. He is never more than a step away. He's never more than a step away. And when we cry out to him, the Bible promises us that he will answer. He will reach out his hand and grab you and save you because he's near and he cares for you and he's big and he's powerful. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray for everyone in this room right now that you would give us the desire to be wherever you are. I pray that the comfort of any boat, God, out there would not be enough for us this morning and that we would stop at nothing to be where you are, to be in your presence, to step into your goodness, God, in your dreams. Give us the desire, God. Give us the faith to decide. And God, fill us with courage to take whatever step you are asking us to take. God, in these moments, I pray for anyone that feels powerless, anyone that feels hopeless, would you reach out, grab us, and say, You were doing it. You got this. I'm here. Take courage again. In Jesus' name.
0: Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.